Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. out well usually luke anderson is the one that says something like that Mm. to try to get everybody started but luke is now on his 875th camping trip of the season and in his place possibly forever preston highfield thank you folks no thank you thank you yeah apparently luke's in ross hugel uh, we, we called him the mayor of Clark County back when I used to call high school football games for this station. Yeah, he is the mayor of Clark County, which I do love. I love that concept just because I've never heard of a mayor of a county. I also don't know how counties actually work. Mm. You know what I mean? I think like, it was just more of like a let's build his ego up before this high school football scoreboard break here. So you were basically like hearing that he was low energy and you were yeah. like, okay, I got to get this guy up. Let's, like, let's really grease this guy up for this hit on uh, Evergreen versus whatever school they're playing that night. Um, you know, give us give us the details, Luke. I feel like he that's, didn't go to one of those schools. I don't remember which one. I feel like that's a thing actually in even professional broadcasting mm. is that like there might be some guys who are really off their game on a certain day and you'll have either hosts or people back in the studio, like say certain things to like, just kind of get them up. Yeah. Like I would imagine that's the case with like Sean McDonough right now. <laughs> he's, he's a, he's play by play, you know, after being disgraced on Monday night football, now he's play by play for the Oklahoma state uh, Tulsa game going on right now. And they also right. got Todd McShay on the field. So that's always a great sign. What could he possibly be breaking down right now? Like Todd t- McShay. T- Tulsa's quarterback situation. I mean, they usually have him for like, a, you know, like a good game, like, like a Saturday afternoon, you know, big pack 12 game or something. But yeah, you know, the, the Tulsa too deep is what he's been relegated to. I mean, that's 2020 for you. Like you'll have the A teams calling, you know, Campbell against Coastal Carolina. Oh, so you think McShay's A team level? Like he's like he's like 
Yeah, he. I mean, he's like maybe B plus team. Yeah, see, that's where I'd put him. He, I think B he's plus. right where he needs to be in Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Okay, and breaking down Tulsa's offense because I agree with you that there's probably no other job in college football that I would not like than being a field reporter for like games like this. You know what's hysterical is he probably legitimately did watch about thirty hours of tape on this Tulsa quarterback this week. <sighs> that's sad. That's sad. See, that's the job of like really working up the chain in broadcasting. If you were not a notable athlete that like, that's the stuff they don't tell you about that you go have to go do. Right. That oh, like God, sucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you're, you're putting in, you're putting in work for a long time. It's, you know, there's only one Herb Street out there, folks. There's, you know, there's only room for a couple A teams. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're getting a lot of those Friday nights in the Mac, which by the way, I think the MAC might be back. I think the Mountain West might be back. Yeah, which means San Diego State unders are back for yeah. you for you Vegas folks out there. And we get to uh, ask I'm, the annual question: Is Boise State still good? <laughs> I believe the great Brady Hoke is at San Diego State right now. Is he if really? I'm not mistaken, I, I, he was, um, dude. But anyways, yeah, I'm, the Mountain West might be back. Is <laughs> did, is there a fourth car brother at Fresno State? <laughs> did Did Brady Hoke you think just show up to his job interview drunk? <laughs> He was like, "Oh, I got this." Yeah, so he's he's at San Diego State for the second time because he was their he was their head coach a, lo- oh, a while that's back. Right. And I, I remembered that, and then he he did the thing. He was on the Panthers D line coach for like a second after he got done. Well, with I thought he Oregon. went to Michigan after that. Well, he didn't didn't he? So he went, yeah, he went to Michigan, flamed out, went to Oregon as their DC. Helfer- yeah. Helfrich brought him in. He was a total disaster by 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 far the worst defense in program history with Hoke. And then he went to, like, the Panthers for a second, and now he's back in the Mountain West, San Diego State. Um, I'm trying desperately right now to find the Dusty and Cam drop of when Dusty interviewed Brady Hoke. Oh, that's cool. And and he fell asleep on air. (laughs) Oh, I have heard that story. Yeah, he legit fell asleep, and it's Dusty just basically going, Coach? (laughs) Coach? (laughs) (laughs) How, How long ago was that? Was that well, when he was the DC? Probably when he was the DC yeah. at Oregon, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I don't know why we would reach out right. to Brady Hoke. But like huh. I said, like, you know, that actually that wouldn't surprise me if right now we reached out to Brady Hoke for an interview and he just took it. And he was like, Yeah, whatever. You know, that's that would be very fitting of this show's culture to interview to get Brady to Hoke. Interview on. Brady Hoke. Like I to mean, have Brady Hoke as like a consistent segment. Right, right. For we're going to Brady Hoke for his take on masks this week. Next week, we're going to for Brady Hoke for his take on, on breakfast foods. Yeah, we're about to talk NBA finals. I got Brady Hoke <laughs> on the line. We, we, he, some might call him the Woj of the Mountain West. It's Brady Hoke, everybody. You know, you just grease him up with a big-time intro. Um, the Woj of the Mountain West. <laughs> you, they, you know, they do that on Van Gogh, uh, not Van Gogh, uh, on, on Levitard's show. They bring on yeah. someone from a different sport to talk about a different sport. So they'll bring on, like, Kirkjian to talk basketball, yeah. which is hysterical. Well, you know um, they brought on Kiffin for a really long time. Like, they had huh. Kiffin on as a regular Monty? to talk college football. No, not kidding. Monty, not his old ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lane. And he would, like, break down stuff when he was still the head coach over at mm. that Florida school. Yeah. And it was like... FAU, baby. Yeah, it was beyond me that, like, he was able to do that and not get like flagged by the NCA for conflict of interest. Oh, I mean, Lane is, is not concerned with conflict of interest. Let's just go ahead and say that right now. He's at Ole Miss baby. It is, 
it's all good at Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, Florida at Ole Miss, by the way, folks, next weekend. I am pumped for that. Is that the lane train is back at Ole Miss? That's at Ole Miss. Yeah. I think it kind of sucks that we get Lane Kiffin in a pandemic year when he can't mm-hmm. play off of a crowd. Except I, I'm betting Ole Miss is probably filling that place up. Yeah, probably. By like halftime, I, half think, time, I, I think bet LSU the field. said they're going to try to get at least 20% of folks in. See, I'm betting by halftime the field Mike will be picking up just a collective coughing. Just people. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of folks passing out in the stands. <laughs> it's just different down yeah. here. Well, it is. It is a lot. <laughs> it, it does mean a lot more, particularly uh, the Grove. That, that, that tailgating scene they have at Ole Miss means a lot. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But would you rather tailgate in the sec Hmm. or the big 12 oh hands down the sec now see i would be more apt to do the big 12 because i think you'd get better food you would get good barbecue yeah you're thinking like you know texas texas tech all those barbecue spots oh dude you could go to a kansas city state or a a kansas state wildcats game okay and get incredible kansas uh barbecue really why that's what they're known for i think yeah Um, I, I would imagine tailgating in the SEC would be fun, but it would also be a little overwhelming at a certain point. It would be. Because yeah. I think that there would be so many drunk, aggressive people around you that, like, you'd need a buddy just to kind of stabilize everything. Right. Like, like our drunk bros in the West Coast, <laughs> I think, would be startled oh. being around that. No, they've... I went to a I went to Texas OU in Dallas two years ago at the State Fair game. That's yeah. a bucket list item, by the way, folks. And it, I mean, it blew my mind how different it was um, compared to anything anything on the West Coast. And by the way, I mean, you know, Otson, amazing game day fan experience. Oregon State when they got it going, you know, very solid fan experience. But it just there's no comparison. But I, I get where you're going. I think the Big 12 would have better food. Their their tailgating scene is about food. In the SEC, their tailgating scene is about dark liquor and just getting after it. Yeah, getting after it. So it depends on what kind of tailgating scene you want. If you're looking for some ribs and some nice folk, I would go Big 12. If you're looking for the full, full college football drunk college kid experience – you got to head down south. Now, see, when I've tailgated in the past, my experience is that I want to go and just have a good time before the game. And I don't want to be that guy who, like, breaks down the game in the parking lot because I'm like, I'm about to go watch this thing. I don't need to hear from people. Right. Um, but I imagine in the SEC that that's what it is. It's getting really drunk and having really aggressive arguments with people about, like, breaking down game footage. Like, I bet if you went to an Alabama tailgate and then you just consistently, like two years ago, just kept saying, like, I don't know, man, I think two is overrated. If you just kept poking at that for a while, oh, like fighting words. Oh, you get in a fight for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Vanderbilt, probably not. Kentucky, maybe not. But out, outside of those schools, yeah, I mean, even, like, the best part about the SEC is that the programs that suck still have amazing fan bases. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Tennessee fills up 100K yeah. in their stadium, and I, I mean, they, they're they brainwashed, haven't, they haven't but... been good since, like, 08. Yeah. Well, and, Tennessee is the ultimate, like, like you would, like, there's certain schools out there where, like, if you didn't have any reference to them before, like, three years ago, you mm-hmm. would think they're, like, incredible. Right. But, yeah, like, yeah. they're terrible. Yeah. yeah. And then you watch them play, and 
they don't have a quarterback and yeah, they don't really right. have a defense. Florida and, State's the same way. If you went to a Florida State game and oh. you didn't like watch any college football before that, you'd be like, wow, this team must be incredible. Yeah. But they're not. <laughs> Willie Taggart just soiled that program. <laughs> I mean, that program is, they lost to like a bad Georgia Tech team last yeah. week. Georgia Tech went three and nine last year. I don't know if you folks know this, but I've been doing my research. Georgia Tech no longer runs the triple option, which is a bummer. They don't? They don't. They have a new coach, Jeff Collins. They run the quadruple option. They run like a. They're just trying to run the normal spread shotgun stuff. Can you imagine how jarring that is as a like a a, a senior? Like your senior year, you get a new coach, and he's like, right. "Hey, you know all that stuff you learned for like four years that completely like unscrewed your brain from like, sixth grade on." Yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna screw it again. Yeah. No, they're <laughs> trying to do the shotgun spread. They have a dual threat QB. The final score was sixteen to thirteen, Georgia Tech over Florida State last week. Hey, it wins a win. Willie, I mean, Willie Tech. Oh, no, I'm giving G-Tech credit. <laughs> but I'm saying they were 3-9 and nine last year, and they're trying to just change everything. And Florida State, dude, I mean, I I don't know, man. I mean, it was only a couple years ago when famous Jameis was taking them to the to the natty and then at least to the to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, but he's kind of like the outlier. He's that, that like he's what Johnny Manziel is to Texas A&M, where it's just like they got a really great player, and it was like really cool. I like that. And then just you know, now they're irrelevant. Like the only, the only part of Texas A&M that anybody talks about is like, are they overpaying Jim, uh, Jimbo Fisher? Like that's like the most contentious conversation. You get like a guaranteed $80 million deal, like guaranteed. Like if they fire him tomorrow, they still have to pay him $80 million. Oh yeah, dude. If I'm getting that contract, I'm nailing it in every day. Oh, I mean, he's, he's set for generations. Yeah. He probably told his wife like, Hey, we're set for like four generations and like six generations. If we know how to invest money. Um, no, I mean, it's, but I'm a football coach and I don't some of those coaching buyouts, man, like Butch Jones and Charlie Weiss. So you yeah. look at those buyouts, by the way, Charlie Weiss's son, Charlie Weiss jr. Yeah. 27 years old. He's already the OC at South Florida. Random fun fact. Is he just as fat as Charlie Weiss? He is not morbidly obese. He's, he's actually normal. Looking. I don't know why that disappoints me. I kind of thought that Charlie Weiss's kid would also look like the right. bad guy at the end of Big Trouble Little China. Like, right. massive, about to blow up, eyes bulging out of his head, that kind of thing. I think it was Lebetard who said Charlie Weiss looks like someone sewed his pants on backwards or his, <laughs> his, his lower body on backwards or something because he's got the, you know, the the obese bulge to him. Yeah, he's fat. He's, he's fat. Um, but, no, Charlie Weiss Jr. is, like, pretty, I don't want to say skinny, but, like, good, you know, good shape. Yeah. That's good. That's interesting. He's probably watching his diet. From the fan text line, 503-250-1080, somebody's saying, went to K-State UT game last year with 15 OSU. I'm assuming that's, going to assume that's Oklahoma State in this case, alumni. Uh, We felt like we were at uh, the state fair, not a football game. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. That's how I felt at that Dallas, um, or that Texas OU game. It was was more like, I mean, because there was like 100,000 people outside the stadium just hanging out. Yeah. That's how they do it. Yeah, it would be fun. Well, as you might imagine, Luke Anderson is not here today. Uh, as we stated before at the beginning of the show, he's uh, camping again. Uh, so Preston Highfield is going to be in for me with me for the uh, next two hours. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, Pac-12 football attempting to try to come back. Uh, and it's totally their idea. They were not prompted by anything else. They just all of a sudden were like, I think the guys really want to do this. Let's. Let's try to 
Let's try to uh, let's try to get the guys out on the field. We're just following the money. I mean, medicine. Yeah, that's right. Our researchers have found new evidence that this uh, this global pandemic is not as bad as we thought. Mm. Uh, so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get into that. Also, uh, kind of recap the Lakers bludgeoning of the uh, Nuggets last night, and also just how crazy the Heat are. Uh, hour two, of course, we'll get into some NFL, but then also uh, later in the show, I have some Jim Ursay audio that I wanted to play for you because mm. I think it's right up this show's alley about what he uh, posted on Twitter a couple days ago. It just, it's something that, uh, that delighted me. So, yeah. Uh, and then we also have a poll question that uh, kind of uh, gets the audience's uh, heat check on exactly what kind of quarterbacks you want to see in the NFL. But coming up next, the PAC 12 has a plan to return to football. Does it have to match up with what the big 12 is doing? And does it have to be as successful? as the Big 12. Preston Highfield in for Luke Anderson. Will Darkens here with you on the Center and the Saint. 1080 The Fan. 9.22 here on your Saturday morning. Will Darkens, Preston Highfield in with you for the Center and the Saint on a college football. Football! (laughs) I just get so jacked up! You know, some coaches wear masks and others don't. That's that's always been kind of funny to me. Well, I think it's kind of bold that the Tulsa coach decided to wear a mask. He is strapped with a in mask. The, uh, in the presence of Mike Van Gundy, who might be triggered at any moment. <laughs> you just call him Mike Van Gundy? Oh, a Gundy. I, I get the Van Gundys and Gundys mixed up. No, I love the Van Gundys. Mike Gundy, eh. Not, Mike Gundy. not quite as likable. Hysterical for different reasons. We kind of yeah. laugh at him, not not with him. Yeah, I also don't understand why anybody would ever like accept a scholarship there after having like a one-on-one conversation with Mike Gundy. Right. Like I, I just can't imagine even my 18-year-old self being like, yeah, you know, I think the next four years are going to be safe with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> just got the mullet going in the <laughs> o, the OAN shirt, and he's just. And then, and then the go. 18-year-old's parents too talking <laughs> to this guy. Like, uh, could yeah, you possibly get a haircut <laughs> before I talk to you? <laughs> What's your mascot again? The Cowboys? You guys have guns everywhere at that school? Uh, so we teased it in the last segment. Of course, people have been talking about it constantly this past week because of the fact that, well, the Pac-12, they're going to play again, apparently. The league's start date, as uh, we're getting information from 24-7 Sports, that's uh, going to be November 7th, prospectively, of course. Uh, teams will play a seven-game schedule. Commissioner Larry Scott has communicated to the CEO group a six-week period of practices that should uh, be required before the season. Uh, of course, Oregon Duck players were asked to return uh, on Sunday, and uh, Kate Brown, governor of Oregon, and Gavin Newsom, governor of California, have already come out making statements like, we didn't say you couldn't play football, sort of. Right. Um I don't know. To you, is this too little too late? Dude, this whole thing's just been a giant circus. I mean, we're all following it on Twitter more or less, right? Because, I mean, Larry Scott will have, like, the occasional Zoom media interview, and you'll get nuggets from a journalist or two. He was on SportsCenter the other night, which I I thought was a good move. I mean, dude, if you're the commissioner of one of these conferences that's not playing, you got to get your face on national television and, like, explain what's going on. Because so many folks 
that love the game, all the fans, obviously all the, the student athletes, um, et cetera. Like we were just like, what, what is actually happening? What's going on behind the scenes? That was the big gripe with the big 10 and, you know, James Franklin and Ryan day and those head coaches basically being like, okay, we're, we don't necessarily disagree with the decision, although it kind of seemed like they did, yeah. but they were like more so just like, what's going on Te- you know, give us more info. And so from, from that standpoint, it's been a while. It's like you're following John Wilner and Heather Dinich, and you're like, all right, what are they, Bruce Feldman, what do they tweet today, all right? Is the Pac-12 back? Is it not back? And I, it's it's not too little too late, I think, but you definitely need to be a factor in the New Year's Six and college football playoff discussion. If you, Like, that would be embarrassing to be the only Power Five conference that wasn't a factor in that, you know, so, so long as... The I mean, health, you really think that the they would even stuff was created equal. You really think they would even be a factor playing this, you know, again, perspective seven game schedule, because that means you're not playing any out of conference games. Then again, a lot of teams are playing out of conference games. But I guess the reason I point that out with the Pac-12 is because that's literally the only thing that gets us now in to this conversation. The fact that if Oregon would have beat Auburn at the start of last season and then the rest of the schedule would have gone according to planned, they're in. Yeah, they're definitely in because you have an SEC win on the books and you convincingly won most of the other games. You had kind of a one off at Arizona State, whatever that happens. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I I don't know. To me, it's like I don't know why you're risking these players safety to just go along with this whole thing that the Big Ten is doing, which is legitimate. If the Big Ten doesn't get into this season, they will legitimately lose national prominence. I don't know what prominence is left for the Pac-12 to lose. Yeah, but I mean, I I agree with that. But also, like, if the Pac-12 just doesn't play, and again, this is so long as, like, you know, the health, everything's more or less on the same playing field with COVID. Like, if the Pac-12 doesn't play and they, which they're going to play, but if if they don't have any kind of say in the New Year's Six games, because remember, it's not just about the playoff. Like, if, by the way, this is a Rose Bowl year for the college football playoff, so unless a Pac-12 team gets into the college football playoff, the winner will go to a different New Year's Six game, and it'll be the Peach or the Fiesta, much like if you remember when it was two thousand the 2017 season, 2018 bowl games, um, USC won the conference. Yeah. So I looked this up, and they played. They ended. They they, but they weren't good enough to get into the playoff. They were ranked like number eight or something, and they yeah. played number five Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl that year. I mean, granted, they they got waxed like twenty four to seven, but that's what I'm saying is like, I mean, that's still a prominent game. Like if you see USC versus Ohio State in a Fiesta Bowl, like that's still a prominent game. And, and like, like, and let me point and, out and, and also, if you win, that's that's great for the conference. Let me point out also that was the game that like. Everybody, I think, collectively agreed that Sam Darnold isn't really that great. Yeah. Because that was like the the height of the Sam Darnold hype train. Yeah. Of like he had that Rose Bowl win and then he played the season after the one you're referring to. Yep. And that like you saw him against Ohio State. And I think the whole country just saw it and was like, oh, yeah, he's not going to be very good. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I remember because they, they lost to Alabama 52 to six. Yes. 
the previous season with Max Brown as the starter. Great starter. Sam, they threw him to the wolves. Yeah, Max, Max Brown did not. Like, he looked Max, like he was not having any of it. No, yeah, no. He, he was not about that First life. snap, not yeah. wanting it. And then, so he got waxed. And that was also the game where USC infamously came out of the tunnel like they were LSU at home where they were, like, crawling on the turf. And then they lost 52-6. <laughs> to six. Um, But then they, they won. They started 1-3, and three and they won their last, like, you know, eight or nine games yeah. won the Rose Bowl. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, that next year, obviously, Darnold wasn't great in the bowl game, and I agree with that. But I still think it's important for the Pac-12 to be in that discussion. And, like, even if they don't make the college football playoff, if you see Oregon go 7-0 and and they're ranked number 6 or 6-1 and and they're ranked number 8, I mean... You're pretty much doing it for a Rose Bowl is what you're saying. Right. You're, well, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, that's going to be the case. be the Rose Bowl this year. But, but yeah, you're doing it to be in the New Year's Six game. I mean, um, well, I think what will happen is that even if you do have a team like Oregon or, say, uh, USC that does go 7-0, and I, I honestly don't think you even get considered for the, the Final Four. I think what happens is that you get a Rose Bowl and the team that is not Ohio State over in the Big Ten comes over and plays you in it. And that's kind of it. Yeah. I, I just don't see any path other than that because I think that as much as we're all saying the right thing right now, which is that, like, look, it's still a Power 5 conference, and if they do play, we have to give them an even, you know, you know, an even look. At the same time, like, I think this whole COVID thing and all of these kind of just, uh, you know, delays, mm-hmm. they're contributing to the national narrative of what, conferences are people are looking at the big 12 a little bit more kindly now because they started on time i don't they, i they still look at the big 12 the sun belt last week oh yeah <laughs> like i still look at the big 12 as like a, a glorified sec with no defense right. but i think the rest of the country looks at them as like oh yeah hey look they're starting they're playing look at all these games they're playing they at least deserve a spot in there right get oklahoma in there again round it in by the way, Oklahoma State's only up three nothing at home against Tulsa, and we got Tulsa driving here. Well, what um, did um, what did uh, what's his what's his nuts say about it? Van Gundy. Oh, McShay. <laughs> McShay. <laughs> he was breaking down this starter who threw twelve touchdowns and eight picks last year. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> no, I mean I see what you're saying. With it definitely contributes to the narrative of where does college football mean the most? Yeah. Like the ACC and the SEC were like what we're we're playing man yeah. like and and it was kind of all good there was like really no pushback and by the way something interesting that the sec did <clears throat> is their their doctors who they um you know consulted with if you will on this whole thing yeah doctors they, air they, quotes they were they were all doctors from the sec universities who, by oh, the no way, way, had large financial incentives to say go ahead and play <laughs> as opposed to Many other conferences, at least the Big Ten and Pac-12, consulted doctors outside of the conference. That was sort of like when people, like, definitely have diabetes, and they go to a doctor who's like, you have diabetes, and they're like, you know what? I'm going to go to another doctor. Yes. And I want another opinion. And they go to this doctor who, like, runs TV commercials, and he's like, you know what? It kind of looks like diabetes, but I don't think you're there yet. Yeah. Have a couple more maple bars <laughs> and then get back to me. Dude, no, I mean that's what it that's what it felt like. But yeah, I mean there's no I mean there's no doubt the Pac twelve is way behind in the arms race. As far as revenue, just for so for folks who uh who want to understand this, I, I did read Wilner, who's done a great job covering this, by the way. The whole media coverage of this entire 
pandemic is, is, is a whole nother um, conversation. Dinich has been my go-to for Pac-12. <laughs> yeah, Dinich and Wilner have been awesome. Um, but anyways, John Wilner wrote an article. He, I guess he dug up the college football contract language, and I guess it doesn't matter how many games you play in the regular season. The Pac-12 would still get the same amount of revenue um, from the college football playoff. You know, if they don't have a team and they won't make as much revenue as a conference that does, yeah. but in general, the revenue splits actually won't be as severe as folks think as long as you play. But so that's that's like a, probably a relief for especially like the lower tier Pac-12 schools. But it's still a bad bad national look, dude. And it's tough. It's I don't know. How do you feel about it? It's tough to criticize when when the first thing a commissioner says is, well, the health and safety of our student athletes is the number one priority. It's like. How can you really criticize that? But at the same time, it also feels like they have the testing kits. The the, the football oh. players might actually be safer in a oh, football dude. bubble. Oh, don't. You don't like that? Don't. Okay. No, it's not. They're not. You, don't, you think bubble, they're safer just running wild at home? <laughs> I think that they're not safer either way. I think they're college students, and I think if you've been around enough athletes before, you'll understand that. You know, they're not like NBA players. Like NBA players, once they got into the bubble, like they're adults, dude. They're adults that get paid millions of dollars, and they understood the impact and the weight of what they were doing. Like 18-year-olds, 20, 21-year-olds, they don't. I mean, they care about playing and everything, but at the same time, like if you got your piece on the side texting you, and she's like, hey, I decided to come to campus because I'm bored at home. You're like, oh, okay, I'm going to leave the bubble. Right. Like I'm good, thanks. Right. Yeah, no, I'll be back. Don't worry, I won't catch the Rona. No, you will. <laughs> Um, I, I, I just, I, just I, mean, I don't know how that's much different than like if they're home wild and free doing whatever they want anyway. Exactly. Which basically, uh, but I view it as like, more I, often I, I think if you're getting more rooms. people together and I think as you start to bring fans in, because I think that, and we'll talk more about it an hour or two, but I think that that's kind of like the second part of this is that it, it's a slippery slope where you allow players in. And then once they realize that like they're in the bubble and not too many people are getting infected, they'll go, okay, let's fill our stadiums half. We'll see what happens then. Well, I mean, there are and a lot of companies really that have said people. they're not going to fill their stadiums at all, though. Yeah, right. Oh, that dude, trust you th- me. You think the Pac-12 is going to fill up their stadiums? Oh, they will at a certain point. Really? Yeah, because okay. I think after week five, once they have, like, minimal amount of cases, right. I think you'll see SEC schools go, oh, yeah, well, three-fourths. Oh, the SEC, yeah. Yeah, oh, but no. then no, after it, that, it, the it, Big it's 12 whole, will go, it's oh, whole- yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and then after that, the Big 10 will go, yeah, you know something? I think we could go halfway. And then the Pac-12, of course, like they're doing right now, will be reactionary and go, yeah, we'll fill a quarter of it. No, it's a, it's a whole different world down south. I, I am, yeah. I'm with you on that. Coming up next, let's shift gears over to the NBA playoff bubble. Well, the Denver Nuggets look like they suck. <laughs> Though it is just one game, so who knows. Uh, but first, here's some news. Coming up in about five minutes. Well, good versus evil. If you remember that, Preston, it's basically uh, where we name call people and cover events from the past week. Oh, cool. Uh, do not remember it. Oh, so. well, this will be fun then. I'll follow your lead. I got my uh, I got my Christian Ponder bust um, take ready, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. Spoiler we do alert. have a poll at Center Saint 1080. It is a write-in poll. You can also text in your answer on the fan text line 503-250-1080. Which NFL QB prospect did you correctly predict would be a bust? Mm. A lot of uh, the answers right now, at least we're getting by tweet. People are saying Jamarcus Russell. uh, Also, Mariota. These are basically players that were 
by the media and by probably your buddies and everybody around you were just like, oh, he's going to be amazing. He's definitely going to make it. And then you privately were like, I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if I don't know if everyone thought Christian Ponder was going to be amazing. Um, but I'm I, still going to roll with it because I did my Christian Ponder research. So I got some good nuggets for you. I even pulled up his Walter football like draft guide with all the the player comparisons, the strengths, the weaknesses. There are, there are some hilarious strengths on here. You did uh, some pretty intense research then. It was, dude. It's it's funny. The the strength the NFL draft scouting report for Christian Ponder is funny. I'm gonna guess one of them says uh, he's really smart. Yeah, yeah, yep. yes. That's the hey, typical. I'll just give you that one right now. Very intelligent. Parentheses completed MBA program. Yeah. See, that is always the uh, attribute they give white quarterbacks that are not athletic. Right. But like Daniel Jones got that too. Yeah. It was just like, oh, he can throw well. He must be smart. Oh, he went to Duke, and he's like a pro-style white boy. Smart, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think we did that with Jay Cutler when he was at Vanderbilt. Or did we? No, I think Jay Cutler was all about the arm strength. <laughs> I think they were just like, this guy can just chuck it. He smokes cigs, but he can chuck it. I am looking to get a douche as my quarterback. <laughs> Sir? What can you guys do for me? I have the perfect game tape for you. <laughs> You say no more. His high school basketball tape is impressive. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Kind of no, random. He, I would imagine he dunks though. like all over people. Like just absolutely posters kids. I got some ridiculous Jay Cutler takes we can go at uh, an okay. hour or two. But the NBA bubble did precede the NBA playoff bubble, that is, from Orlando last night. Game one of the Western Conference Finals saw the Los Angeles Lakers absolutely shellac the Nuggets 126 to 114. At one point in the second quarter, the Nuggets had only scored three points, uh, and I think that was like six and a half in. Uh, this thing did not look close at all at any point ever. Um, and I can't tell if it was the fact that the Lakers pretty much just like ran the court the entire game and dared the Nuggets to do the same. Uh, but the Nuggets, in fact, did not do the same. Most of their possessions were just basically half court. And they were trying to rely on Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic to kind of try to find that pick and roll game, which just never happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, I totally thought the Lakers would get their ass whooped in game one because it kind of went with their whole motto, which is like, meh. And then they see how good a team is and they're like, okay, we'll play now. Yeah, I did so, not expect this, I guess. Yeah. So LeBron historically outside of the finals his game ones are always what he calls feel out games. Like he even says that to the media, like, Oh, this is, you know, I'm doing my game one feel out game. And you'll listen to anyone who's covered him for a long time. Winhorst, who's made a career off of covering LeBron. Uh, I know D- Dave McMiniman. What I guess, does he do in his free I, time when it's not basketball? Season? By the way, I looked up, my buddy sent me his house. He lives in Omaha, Nebraska in like a mansion. Yeah, that makes very sense. random. I, um, I would definitely. I, and another thing with Brian Windhorse is you would never pick him out of a crowd in Nebraska. That's true, too. Oh, yeah. He'd blend right in. Yeah. Yeah. Just at the local steakhouse, just chopping it up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that is Brian Windhorse <laughs> over there. <laughs> no, it's not. Folks are like, who? Just tell me about Nebraska football. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. No, I mean, uh, dude, I look, it's always a typical LeBron game one feel out game. They obviously lost the Blazers in game one, lost the Rockets in game one. It felt like through the first quarter, because the Nuggets were actually up to Jamal Murray hit a, a step back three to put him up two at the end of the first quarter. And I was like, oh, man, like, I guess the Nuggets are going to take this. Oh, really? Um, but I, I felt that way after the first quarter. And then 
Jokic got in foul trouble because Jokic yeah. dominated the first quarter. He, I mean, he had dominant. He was the best player in the first quarter, but then he got in foul trouble. And dude, y- you can see that's what the Lakers are going to do all season. Or, I mean, all series long, they're going to put Jokic in in the pick and roll blender and make him defend because as amazing of a passer he is. He defies the logic of like being a great NBA player because he's kind of slow and fat and fat. Yeah. And just does not look the part in any way, shape or form. Not really that strong. He's really tall. Raymond Felton, but good. Right. Right. God, that's spot on. Tall, foreign, good Raymond Felton. It's like if Darko knew how to play basketball. Uh, that's who he would be. Uh, only a little taller. Good, good Darko. Good, good Darko with some beef. Uh, but, but dude, the, the, the Lakers, I mean, there's no answer for AD or LeBron. Like dude, in the rest of the playoffs, I mean, who the heck are the Celtics going to throw at AD that Tice guy? Like who would the, I mean, the heat at least have out who's an amazing player. But. Yeah. I kind of heard that too. And I, I, I threw that out, uh, to a couple of fan guys throughout the week, just basically saying like the Lakers look like I tweeted out yesterday, like Lakers look scary. Like, oh. they look scary at this point. And it's the whole LeBron theory that, like, once he gets into the finals, yeah. he can see the finish line. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to go 100 now every single game. And I'll worry about my body later. I mean, dude, like, shout out to Jokic and, and Murray for having an amazing series against the Clippers. And they are really good players. And they're only 25, and Murray's 23. But as far as, like, guys who LeBron's had to go through to win a title, these guys are Pretty not weak. even in the same class. You know? I hope you won't go as far as to call them plumbers. <laughs> They're not plumbers. Um, they might have been selling insurance in the 80s. Some of those guys Jordan went up against. I mean, don't even get me started on <clears throat> on a lot of the players in that era. But Dude, you don't want Isaac Rapp calling in. I would love that. I would love that. Um, they tried to call me out for, like, a, a saying that Bill Walton played against some plumbers. I'm like, dude, you guys are like 40. You're not like 60. You didn't watch that. You like barely watched the 77. Fi- like how old were they in 1977? Probably like, kids, baby. Yeah, if that. I mean, what? The 77, that's like almost 50 years ago. Like, yeah. Anyways, anyways, not to go down that road. But <clears throat> um, there's no there's no answer for LeBron or AD. I mean, that's, no. that's just as simple as it is. Now, I will say, you know, the Nuggets got murdered by the Clippers in game one of that series. They were also, remember the, they, the Nuggets lost to the, Jazz in game three, like 120 something to 70 something, and they still won that series. So they have like no conscious. Like it doesn't really matter that they lost big last night. They don't care. So See, I that. kind of viewed that last series as almost a wash because of the fact that they both just realized they were facing each other in a mirror. Like their their game plans are literally the same, which is like, hey, we have a guard who can score who's really dynamic, and we have a big guy who's really good at defense. I guess in this case, Jokic is a little bit better on offense. A little bit. A lot bit better on offense than Rudy Gobert. But, mm-hmm. like, it's almost the same team. And then you finally had in that game seven them just being like, okay, we don't care about scoring. Yeah. Like, we're literally just going to gut this out. Well, and the Clippers went, like, historically cold. I mean, <laughs> Ka- Kawhi's, Kawhi 6-22, yeah. pandemic P, playoff Paul. Four of 16. I was just like, they scored eight points in the fourth quarter. It's not like the Nuggets had an insane fourth quarter. And that's, I mean, it wasn't the final score like 104 to 80 or something. It's not like they scored 132 points. Yeah. Um, But dude, here, I mean, here's the deal. There's just, there's no answer for LeBron or AD. I don't even feel like LeBron's turned it all the way up yet either. No. Like he had 15 points last night. And we'll probably see it as we get to the finals. But coming up next is good versus evil. All the stories that you missed. Throughout the week, right here on the Center in the Saint with Will Darkins and Preston Highfield on 1080 The Fan.
Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Came out lighting up. We go right down the field and score a touchdown. So I, I wouldn't say uh, he was out of sync at all until we started screwing it up. We didn't run the ball as well as I thought we would um, on the edges. We, we had some success, but... Uh, you know, we had some good drives and we had some really poor drives, but the turnovers and the penalties were the key. That was Atlantic City boardwalk swindler with a hint of scotch on his breath, Bruce Arians. After Tampa Bay lost to New Orleans in week one, Arians was critical of Brady's play, criticizing his throws and saying he needed to show more grit. Now he's, well, singing a different tune. Coach was quoted this week as saying, quote, Tom and I are fine. I don't care what other people think. It's just what he and I think. There ain't nothing to talk about. I don't think he said it like that, though. If the Bucks blow it at home against the Panthers this Sunday, do you expect Brady to go on the offensive? Oh, they get the Panthers, huh? Yeah, they better not blow that one. Um, Panthers aren't a great team. Um, I got, I'm a noted Tom Brady critic, but he's 43. There's not a ton I can really criticize him for. Like, it's... I read a stat that there's been like seven starts ever at 43 or older, and Brady's going to pretty much double that by himself this year. I don't know. I'm oddly kind of rooting for Brady this year. Um, Come on. I don't remember what the question was, but that's my take. Yeah, well, Cam's done great for us. Um, I didn't see the player referring to, but he's, he's very, very unselfish player. He's a great teammate. He's earned everybody's respect um, really daily. That was celebrated a-hole, Bill Belichick. Tom Brady's old team won behind its new quarterback. Cam Newton rushed 15 times for 75 yards and two touchdowns, leading the Patriots past the Dolphins. Belichick said everything the Pats have done offensively the past 20 years has pretty much been about Tom Brady. So now they're going to take advantage of Newton's particular strengths, which are just running. If Cam has another solid performance versus the Seahawks on Sunday, will you entertain the idea that Bill Belichick made Tom Brady, not the other way around. Hmm. There are some folks saying on Twitter that Tom Brady's just Jake DeLone with an Under Armour deal, which I think is a little bit harsh, or Mike Glennon with better hair. I think at this point you could say that. Maybe not Mike <laughs> Glennon. That's a little too harsh. But I will take the Jake DeLone thing because I love that deep cut reference. Matt Matt Hasselback with, with better hair. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I'm pumped for that Sunday night game, dude. I am pumped for that. Lines at four. Um, I, I'm taking. I'm taking the Hawks in that one, though. Though they got they got to pump that fake crowd noise in up there. I hope they do. I love fake crowd noise. It's it's amazing. It fools me so well. Pump that baby in. Time for my favorite story of the week. This one comes from Orlando, Florida, and it has to do with the pandemic. So watch out if this triggers you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. Good. Ducking. Your headline: Fifth grader told to remove Hooters face mask. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. Hooters. Fifth, Hooters is in the face mask game, huh? Okay. A fifth grade student was told not to wear his Hooters face mask in class because it violates the student code of conduct. 
Why do every single one of these stories come out of Orlando, Florida? Ian Golub, 11 years old, has been wearing a mask from Hooters Restaurant to class, something he said has been using since school started at Sunset Park Elementary in August. Hmm. And just to, uh, you know, help listeners, it is not a Hooters face mask where you are seeing breasts. Oh. It is just a face mask that says Hooters many times over. I just had a flashback to that scene in Bad News Bears, the newer one, when Billy Bob Thornton takes all those kids to Hooters. <laughs> he takes ah. his whole, like, sixth grade baseball team to Hooters, and they all get, they all, you know, they're all just having the time of their life. Um, yeah, um, I, I can see why the teacher wouldn't wouldn't feel great about that. Surprisingly, the boy's father disagrees with this, okay. saying, quote, He's not thought that there's anything wrong with the mask, nor does he think there's anything wrong with the restaurant. And I would imagine the kid probably doesn't think there's anything wrong mm. with the restaurant because he's 11 years old. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like an 18-plus situation. It's It's, I mean, you know. What are we doing? It's not, you know. Wait, I, you I, have to. You, there's no way. You, you don't have to be 18 to go to a Hooters. So, like, if I was 13, I could go to Hooters by myself and get wings and just sit there? I think so. I mean, yeah. It seems wrong. Why? I don't know, because there's Hooters everywhere. <laughs> but they're covered they're, up. They're well, serving. They're, 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 they're covered up and they're serving you wings. I just, there's something they are about a little bit out. Yeah. Like, okay. Luke, what do you think? <laughs> Let me put it this way. Luke, you're a father. Let me put it this way. Let's say you here in the near future have some kids. Yeah. And then we go even further into the future and your kid is 12. Mm. And you let him go get lunch after school on a Friday when it's early release. And you find out that he went to Hooters by himself. Yeah. Like, what's your reaction? Um, Not thrilled. You're not, not thrilled. thrilled. Not thrilled. Yeah. No. I, I, I mean, would, are you dad that storms in there and like drags him out as he's eating his wings? I wouldn't. I, I don't. First of all, I don't. I'm not sure I've ever even seen a Hooters in person. You've never um, been to Hooters? No. There's probably one in Vegas, I imagine. There's one here. I think I've seen it. I don't know. There's one in Portland. It's right on the border between Oregon or uh, well, yeah, between Oregon. And oh, Washington. like on the on the river there. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy. But what if he was like, Dad, I was just, I just wanted to watch, watch some basketball and eat some wings. I mean, then I'd be like, all right, no, I see you. You would just take it face But value. if he went there straight up for like a gourmet hot dog and nothing else, I, I'd, I'd be a little concerned and disappointed. Look, but if he went with his boys to have some wings and watch some hoops. I his 12-year-old boys. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're, what, yeah. It wouldn't be great. It wouldn't be great. You? I mean, you might be a father soon. Uh, yeah, it might be. Uh, I think I would try to, uh, wonder why he did it. And then I would make him admit that he went there to go look at boobs because that's why any 12 year old would go there is to like look at boobs. Oh, totally. So 12 year old that, that, I mean, that is all you think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's 98% of your thoughts. And you're not quite sure what, why you like them. If in fact you do like women and you're just kind of like, I don't know why, but I just, I gotta see those things, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's probably I can't some explain it. There's probably some science behind it. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, there's puberty science behind it, but yeah. Good versus evil is brought to you by our good friends at 808 Restaurant with two locations: 2454 East Burnside and 52nd in Woodstock. But if you don't want to wait in an incredibly long line, please go to their website and order ahead of time. Coming up next, we answer a poll question, which asks you. 
Which NFL QB prospect did you correctly predict would be a bust? Either last year, year before that, 10 years ago, anytime. Text us, 503-250-1080 on the fan text site or tweet at Center and Saint 1080. All in hour two, Will Darkens, Preston Highfield here. We're the Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.